Star Wars geek girls. They're geek girls that like Star Wars. And sometimes cry. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Geek Girl. I'm Zoe. Uh, Lizzie is busy tonight so won't be joining us, but I'm here with a very special guest who will introduce himself. Hi, everyone. I'm Mark Von Olin. I'm the brand manager at Tenuo Novo, a licensee for high-end Star Wars costumes and collectibles. And I'm so excited to be here with you tonight, Zoe. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited. A lot of big Star Wars news pretty recently. Um, But I always like when we have a new person on the show, I always want to talk about like your general Star Wars experience, like what that, what it means to you and how, you know, how Star Wars is integrated into your life i guess yeah i'm a lifelong star wars geek um <laughs> i know you're in college um i am about we'll just go on average 20 years older than you um but i am not an ot fan in that i wasn't alive in 1977 i was joke that my parents had not even started dating yet um so i am what i refer to as a child of endor uh, I grew up on the Ewoks. They're really what pulled me into Star Wars. I, I'm pretty sure I saw Return of the Jedi as my first Star Wars movie, probably when I was like three years old, four years old, when it was like playing on like free TV. Um, and then I loved all the made for TV Ewoks movies and the cartoons, Ewoks and droids. Um, and of course the merch, I had all the action figures. Um, and in fact, it's funny with, with Christmas coming up right now, like my wish list still has like Star Wars toys on it. Like I'm a little kid. Um, so it's, it, I was originally like a fan and then I started working in Star Wars about eight years ago when I started at Tops, the trading card company. And I've been in the space now having done trading cards, the autographing business there. And now at Ruby's costumes, um, which is where we met at, uh, Star Wars Celebration yeah. at the Denuo Novo booth. Um, so there's there's no escape in the Star Wars. Um, it'll, it'll stay with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, similar. I was more of a Clone Wars kid, uh, for sure. Um, but similar, just you just grow up with it and can't can't really get away, I guess. That seems, that sounds like a terrible way to put it. But Well, it, I, I joke that they get you in the tractor beam and there's, there's no yeah. escape. So yeah. They really, really get a hold on you. <laughs> um, and it's quite remarkable. Yeah. So I know you have a show about rebels. And I remember you being very excited about Sabine. Yes. When I was in costume. So um, how is, is rebels like how does that factor into your your love for Star Wars? Oh, yeah. So Rebels is an interesting one for me because I've always loved animation. I'm actually a big animation geek outside of Star Wars. Uh, When I was a kid um, in the height of like the 80s commercialization of like, you know, uh, creating franchises around properties uh, with the full action figure cartoon after uh, school, you know, every piece of merch you can imagine. That was He-Man, Thundercats, G.I. Joe, Transformers and it sort of stays with you um so i've always loved all forms of cartoons animation and then when rebels hit it was when i started working on it tops i joined in 2014 uh right after they had been taken over by disney where after lucasfilm had been taken over by disney started working on new trilogy content but the thing that was running the thing that was on air right when i started was rebels and so i was watching on my own before i had started the job but then i started working on product and so for me it's like the starting point of my career in star wars um and stayed with me i was there from like all the way until the finale and it's been my favorite slice of all of star wars like people really ask me what's your favorite part of star wars and i always truthfully say rebels and sometimes it takes them a second they're like do you mean the rebel alliance i was like no i mean the cartoon (laughs) rebels four seasons disney xd 80 something episodes perfection 
Yeah, I absolutely obviously Rebels is something very important to me too. I really love so much about it. Obviously, I'm very attached to Sabine as a character. Um, Ahsoka has also always been my favorite character since I was a kid, and she's in there a little bit. Um, so I would I would also probably agree with Rebels is my favorite Star Wars, but I'm always curious because I feel like this answer is different from almost everyone you talk to. So like what is it about about Rebels that draws you to it so much? One of the things I really love, um, and it doesn't get credit for it because it is a cartoon. Um, people think of animation as a genre, um, not a, a medium. And so it's uh, it doesn't get taken uh, seriously the way it should. I think that Rebels does a better job than most other parts of the saga of talking about the Force. Um, and what does it really mean to be a Jedi? We see it through the eyes of Kanan, who was only a Padawan and didn't really become a Jedi Knight and had to figure out like he was a Jedi in hiding. He ordered, he um, survived Order 66. He had to live secretly. And then now he's training someone who's new in the force with very little training himself. So we get this imperfect teacher with this like very rambunctious kid, kind of like Ahsoka. Um, you know, there's definitely parallels there, a little bit like Cal Kestis, um, you know, these young kids uh, who need some guidance, but they don't have the same wisdom and architecture that like Yoda was giving to everyone else in like the prequel era. Um, but I think the things they explore in Rebels um, are really deep and heavy and interesting. Um, and people and, and, and we can see it spreading into every other part of the saga right now you watch the obi-wan kenobi live action show and there's like shades of rebels there um you watch andor and you could like feel it in the blood the way the rebellion builds um on mothma has a huge arc in rebels um and then we see her come to life on screen again like in andor in a huge way um so rebels is like kind of this accidental glue like it ties really closely to rogue one um and these guys like they form a family and help build the rebellion and um, achieve huge things like liberating Lethal and um, helping free Mandalore. They do a ton um, while also being really fun and accessible as well, bringing in like kids. So which I think is a really important part of this as well. Like you can't remember, you can't forget that kids really are the primary focus for Star Wars or should be. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. I like what you say about Rebels being the accidentally, accidental glue because that's something <laughs> I'm finding like more and more as we go through forward in star wars it, it feels like like rebels is kind of the blueprint in a lot of ways for a lot of stuff we're mm -hmm. doing and there's like this huge focus on like live action i think people have and like who's moving into live action and like what they're doing with you know this live action show this when like animation in star wars with rebels and then also clone wars has really been so much of the backbone like so much of what we're seeing in these live action shows is very much derived from rebels or clone wars like 90 percent of the time oh yeah uh, so. i mean ahsoka started as an animated character and now mm -hmm. she's getting her own show um her logo is the world between worlds which is introduced in rebels um i think animation is a really important part of star wars and i would tell people like don't skip it i know there are seven seasons of clone wars it's a lot not every episode is great um, most of them are at least good though and they're fun and they're relatively quick and easy rebels is pretty fast it's four seasons um, but i think all of the storytelling really holds up and it gives you some really great insight into some characters like like maul we also get his final moments in that show um there there's some big um story arcs that happen within rebels um 
and I think they're all handled really well. It's actually like the main focus of my show. So one of the one of the reasons I get we brought up Rebels, um, my show on Monday nights on the Virtual Cantina Network is called Star Wars Rebels Revisited, and we really revisit it. Like we rewatch episodes and we talk about the relevancy of that episode now in the current streams and how things are affected. So of course with Obi Kenobi Obi Wan Kenobi airing, um, and then the countdown to Andor and everything, it was a real treat to see like oh there's been Mon Mothma and here were the Inquisitors. Um, you know we first met the Grand Inquisitor and the Fifth Brother. Uh, in season two of Star Wars Rebels. Um, and of course, Ahsoka will continue her story into yet the next chapter. She went from Age of Republic to Age of Rebellion, and now she's going into Age of New Republic. That character, by the way, she's going to outlive all of us. That character is never going to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's Absolutely. just going to keep going. And I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> no, I think Ahsoka will never die. I think, you know, she has the the force of the, the sister, the daughter, from Mortis mm. in her, she's just immortal now, and it's yeah. awesome. Good for her. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I the owl being in the final shot of Clone Wars too, like mm -hmm. like that. Which, if you're sort of a casual fan and maybe you just tuned in for the end, and you're like, "Oh, it's Vader," I I screamed at the the Convor. I was like, "That's the mm -hmm. like the owl." Like, ever, yeah. like never mind Vader. I was like, "I've seen Vader a thousand times," um, but <laughs> the owl was there. So I was like, "Oh, it's here." Pour one out for Soka and everyone. Yeah. It's, you know, it's crazy. I mean, you think rebels, like, inquisitors come from rebels in the yeah. modern canon. Like, we've, there's been so much. They've been in so many video games. I know there's a book coming out about one, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, so much. And they come from rebels, like, so yeah. much. That was the starting point. Rebels. I mean, Thrawn in canon comes from rebels. Like, there's, it's, um, it's a, such a, a marvel. And I'm glad there's a show revisiting it. It reminds me a bit of, Rebels Recon. I remember yes. Rebels Recon came out every week when Rebels was airing. Um, and then they did one. They did a re one for Resistance too, which is another I think very underappreciated animated gem of Star Wars. Um, but they, you know, they haven't done them for any of the live action, which makes me yeah, really I'm sad. surprised. I always, I always like that little weekly like get some trivia, sit down with Pablo Hidalgo for a bit, yeah. like. Well, Andy's just so engaging and she yeah. and Anthony, it was lightning in a bottle with the two of them. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they um, didn't continue uh, the, the weekly Star Wars show that they were doing because um, Andy and Anthony had on-screen presence like few people do. Like some people just have it, right? They've got natural mm -hmm. charisma. They're easy to talk to. The talent really likes them. Lucasfilm corporate really likes them. Everyday viewers really like them. Like that's a hard trifecta to hit. Um, and they were hosting all sorts of stuff outside of uh, their own show. Um, but they were never on-air talent to begin with. They were working in corporate. Um, and then they became the on-air talent. And the, Re the Rebels Recon, I actually watch it every week along with my Rebels episode watch so I can hear what Andy had to say about the episode and to see what she asked Pablo. And you could see the breadcrumbs going um, and like what they can and can't say. It was really yeah. interesting because um, it's like a little time capsule of the moment mm -hmm. um i was so happy they were back at celebration too to host the main stage i was like they need to host everything like there needs to be star wars <laughs> weekends again yeah. i was like send them on the road um you know like <laughs> they, they should be the faces of the brand truly mm -hmm. yeah um but i yeah i remember that um there's so much like you said like the time capsule that's why i like looking at trailers after i rewatched some of the rebels trailers like a week ago and it was just so funny because there's some things I'm like, that didn't even really matter. Like, you just yeah. put that shot in there. Like, I always think of Ezra's cross guard. Mm. Um, that shot that was in the trailer. And it was like, it was like right after Force Awakens came out, I think, or right around that time. So I was like, oh, my God. And then there's people like, oh, my God, is yeah. Ezra Kylo Ren? Like, everyone's freaking out. And then he's like, 
he picks it up and it's like oh cool <laughs> like yeah it didn't really pay thing. off of all the things yeah. that happened in twilight of the apprentice no one's talking about that cross guard saber um yeah. that was very shoehorned in which funny enough we just got a trailer this week with a, a cross bar um yeah. cross handle lightsaber for cal kestis um and i was like okay that's pretty cool like i would like to wield that in a video game poorly by the way i'm bad at those games but i'm gonna play (laughs) oh i'm horrible at jedi phone it took me forever if i wasn't getting beat by the droids i was getting hopelessly lost in Mm. maps and couldn't find my way back Oh yeah, and those open world games are not my expertise. Um, I, I joke about being uh, part of the Nintendo and then eventually the Super Nintendo generation. Um, like I played uh, Mortal Kombat up until um, GameCube, but outside of that, I'm, these open world games I find really challenging. They're cool because like the content just keeps going and you can kind of uh, go at your own pace. And there's some people who really get into that. It's not my style of gameplay, but mm-hmm. the cutscenes, just going on YouTube and watching like the movie play out yeah. uh, was amazing. I was like, the story is so good. I'd love to see like if they released that as just like a Blu-ray of like, here's the story. I would have bought that. I don't even need the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, such a such a great story. I'm very excited for um the sequel, which had you know, like you said, the cross guard saber and a lot of other things. Um most things that are still very under wraps. Um, but I'm very excited for that game. I'm sure I'll get lost and get beat by the biker scouts again. Oh yeah, picking and quit someone's gonna kick her ass. I mean, the ninth sister, that was the that was the big one. The the big like yes. scary alien. Yes. I had no no chance. So it's the kind of thing. And then you get to, um, you fight the wizard guy. I'm blanking on his mm-hmm. name. Impossible. You can put it on the easiest setting. Um, and I'm just, I'm going to fall off the ledge. Like Marin is supposed to come in and throw magic and help. It's, it's not helping. Um, so I, I'm fu- I'm content with like learning how to play a little bit, getting, mm-hmm. you know, buying the game. Of course, most importantly, I bought the game, le- played it a little bit. Um, and then watched my walkthroughs. And for me, I was still a licensee for Tops at the time when this was going on. It was important for me to get some autograph signers. So we brought in Cameron Monaghan and Deborah Wilson uh, to sign for us uh, for uh, for cards and for photos and things. And that was very cool. So I was like, that was the most important thing for me. I was like, who's in this cast and who we can get to like sign some stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Um, I, you know, obviously in your line of work, you work with a lot of different people connected to Star Wars do you have I mean I know there's a lot of things you can't probably can't say but do you have any like fun stories um about anything in particular that's happened with you for Star Wars oh man I could write a book um and I think a lot of licensees (laughs) can I was also in a really interesting space because I worked very closely with talent um when I started at Tops, it was uh just the trading cards uh, and my first project was Force Awakens and everything related to that. Um, but I eventually then led our autographing division where it was autograph photos and um, live events. So I booked the talent for Star Wars Celebration Chicago in 2019. So I brought 59 actors and I negotiated pretty much all those deals myself, uh, mostly with with agents. Um, and then you meet the talent in person once they finally get there. But you do all your negotiations with the agents for the most part, um, except for a few people we go direct with. Um but uh, that was a that was amazing. Five days in Chicago took like a year of planning. Brought in some really killer people. Uh, first time I got to meet Paul Bettany. It was the first time we were allowed to have solo people um, at the show. Uh, people from Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, who do we have? Oh, we were able to get Ahmed Best to come um, as Jar Jar, which he had not done anything in the longest time. And he was delightful to talk to and he was thrilled to be back. Um, but yeah, behind the scenes, uh, 
it, I always joke that it was a little bit like high school, but in a good way, you know, they, they showed the lunchroom tables. There was like a Clone Wars table and like, you know, people were finding their groups and people hadn't seen each other in ages um, because not everyone was like constantly recording. But on the, you'll love this because you're a Clone Wars fan. I was able to bring back um, Matt Lanter, Ashley Eckstein, James Arnold Taylor, Kat Tabor, um, D. Bradley Baker, Matthew Wood, um, and Tom Kane. Um, all seven of them were there for a big group photo. And I still have that photo like framed and it's up in the house somewhere of, of me and my husband who I who I like dragged into helping uh, uh, me at the show as like an assistant. I, I had like half the tops uh, payroll there um, working <laughs> behind the scenes. Uh, but I was very proud about like that photo with the entirety of the Clone Wars cast. And we had most of the Rebels cast too. I think we had, uh, it was Freddie Taylor, um, Tia and Vanessa. We didn't have Steve. Um, Jason Isaacs was also there, but we did a ghost photo with four of the five uh, key members. Filoni was also there, but not signing. Like he wasn't, uh, but I got to meet him backstage and I got a photo of Filoni. So um, that was really like a career highlight for me. And also just amazing to just like spend time with people who are like bringing this brand to life for people and to see like everyone kind of lose their mind about meeting them. <laughs> you know, people like go up to them at conventions and they like give you, give them some big story or they cry or I mean, seeing grown men cry like is, is a thing. <laughs> um, so that's always interesting. And it, it just shows that this brand really, it means a lot to people. You know, it's not just like a, a, com, a, a commodity. This isn't just like transactional. It's very emotional for people. There. And mm -hmm. I think that's true for Star Wars more than most other franchises. Absolutely. I I think it was Chicago. Well, definitely in Chicago. I, I saw Ashley and I, I'd met her a couple of times before, but I saw her there too. And it's it was at so Chicago. I got to tell Ashley I was wearing one of the dresses she designed to my prom. That's which awesome. was like a very sweet moment. Um, and then like she was like, oh my god, like make sure you tag me in the pictures. And then like you know, <laughs> months later, I tagged her in the pictures, and she like actually like replied, and I was like over yep. the moon. She remembers everyone. She does. Um, she absolutely and... does. She remembered me from years before. Yep. I couldn't believe it. I thought one time I felt very fancy because she we had met like I met her numerous times across various events and she came to our booth at New York Comic Con in like 2016 or whatever it was. And then I saw her again the following year in 2017 and she remembered my name and I was like, oh, I feel so fancy. And then I saw her in a lot do the autograph signing for the line with like 100 people and she knew like 40 people's names who she had met already and I was like oh she either has a photographic memory or she like legit practices like I don't, like it's probably some combination of the two um but like she's she really is uh that person like she's as kind and interesting in real life as you would hope as you would want her to be as as her public persona presents it is also 100% accurate and that's always nice to see because uh, I will say outside of the Star Wars fandom that's not always the case like I've worked with actors from a variety of different uh, franchises and whatever else and I will say the Star Wars people are like hands down the best the best the best the best yeah um yeah Ashley's memory is so remarkable I definitely meet way less people than her and I'm absolutely yeah. horrible at remembering most of their names oh I'm the same um, way people say their name and it goes in like blah, blah 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 and like straight away like as they're saying it it's already forgotten it's it's because yeah. our brains are also being trained now to take in too much content mm -hmm. um you know we're doing too much I'm sure you're on your phone all the time like I try I'm trying to make a concerted effort to not be that guy and yet there's always something going on like I get emails after hours and you know our discount our sale is happening right now so like if something happens weird on the website I'm gonna get an email about it uh there's sort of no escape from the digital um uh, I guess like the web, like we're, we're caught in it, honestly, which was what everyone was concerned about 30 years ago. And it's true today. We're just, we, we didn't realize it just like crept in slowly. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
that's a really great I think you know like you were saying like Star Wars like you know how how real like you know like Ashley for example is and how kind people are I think that's something you know I've always appreciated like you know and how it means something to people because of course it's very meaningful to meet you know people who bring it to life for you but like even at so many conventions I've met people who are just like friends and maybe I like connect with online and then meeting them and mm -hmm. because of Star Wars I recently you know I was across the country from my family for um for a couple months for school and I like I was like I didn't really know anybody but most people I well everybody I knew that was already in California was people I met through Star Wars and then I was yep. like you know I'm gonna meet some people so I went to a local Mando Works event oh and just, nice like, met a bunch of people and just had like built-in friends because of Star Wars yeah so it's, it's always so wonderful to hear more about how much it connects people and how much it means to people for sure that's my story for sure. I mean, being a licensee for eight years, I'll go to conventions and see people who, you know, whether I have a booth or whether I'm just going someplace who we've met through the fandom, 501sters, um, or people who have, who own the websites, uh, you know, who are big on social media, who are influencers, and I've met them that way. Uh, and one of the, one of the ways I got the show, the Rebels Revisited show, is I met some of the guys who run the Virtual Cantina Network at a few different conventions, and we just started chatting. I got, uh, offered to be like an interview like this just interview me about mm -hmm. what i was doing at tops on one of their shows and then they invited me to co-host and then they gave me my own show and i always joke that it's like you will be voluntold um the thing that you need to do <laughs> um and that's what happens and they're buddies of mine now so i have like this extended network of like they were like network you know almost like business adjacent um slash in the fandom the the hobby and now they're legitimately friends um including my mm -hmm. co-host ashley who um is now in boston i'm in new york we're far we're far away but she was farther before and i was like all right we have to see each other like more frequently now they're at least on the same coast um but yeah you have, it's a built-in fan base yeah, i see more people at like a new york comic-con or a san diego comic-con through star wars than i will like at any other point in the year like it's it's kind of crazy and mm -hmm. they they all like treat this very seriously um and it, it means a lot to them so i like which is why like if you end up going to star wars celebration uh in london we were talking about that earlier uh, you'll definitely at least you'll at least know people there. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the one nice thing. You won't be traveling alone for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's always. I've been to three celebrations. I went to Orlando, Chicago, and then Anaheim. And they're like I'm from Pennsylvania, and none of them mm -hmm. were particularly close. Chicago a little bit closer, um, but like I didn't really know anybody like in that area. But I knew so many people that were there at celebration. I ran into so many people. I met so many people in person for the first yep. time it was it was just so so crazy like you know you turn a corner and there's another person you know or another person going oh hey like I know like you don't really know me but, like I know you from this online or like I met yeah. you here and it's Instagram like, Twitter um yeah I guess everyone's on TikTok now um mm -hmm. I am actively divesting from Twitter but it's hard because that's where my whole network is so I try to add people on Hive and Hive is me at the moment um, I don't want to be on Twitter, but I have to keep it active, at least in the short term. It's a whole thing, as you know. Um, but yeah, that's where I built my network. Um, and so I would meet people. Same thing. I went this is back. So I don't know if you remember this Disney Star Wars weekends. Do you remember those I at went, all? I went to one. I went to the first, the first or the last first one. Okay. Like the so first that was like one 2014. Of the last year. Yeah. yeah. 2014 or 2015 was the last mm -hmm. year. I think it was 2015 because that was the year we had our cards all over the park. Um, I yeah. was. 
uh, we had our giant, like everything was labeled in like tops cards. Yep. Um, I remember that. I remember that. Yep. That was really fun. I, I had very little to do with that. Disney came to us and was like, <laughs> we want to use your frame uh, for signage. And we basically just said, yes. It was like, uh, sure. Um, send us the PDF and we'll like sign off on it or whatever we have to do. Um, and that was cool. But I was already going just being a Disney geek. My husband and I both love Disney. Um, we've been, to, we had been to Star Wars weekends before, before I had started working at Tom's. We went to like 2010 or 2011. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we went two times before this. And then, um, in 2015 we were going and my activation was there. So I was like, this is so cool. Like I'm here on a personal trip just for fun, uh, with my husband, I'm going to walk around and enjoy Star Wars. And there's like this business adjacent thing happening. Um, and so I sort of turned it into like a little bit of like a networking thing as well. Cause I got my, I did a lightsaber bill. This was before, um, Galaxy's Edge. So it was like, a mm -hmm. $40 lightsaber. Um, weirdly enough, I met Ashley Eckstein. I think I did yeah. the same thing. I think it is yeah. like I, I met Ashley that weekend for the first time. That, yeah. that was the first time I met her. So nice. Um, yeah, we mm -hmm. saw the parade. We met Vanessa Marshall. Um, we did a whole bunch of stuff and it was great. And we, and we met a ton of other fandom people, like people who own the fan sites. And um, it was it was just a blast. Uh, I, I, I love the Star Wars fandom. I think even if there's a point in my career where I'm no longer working on Star Wars and I don't know if and when something like that will happen, like I would still keep up with everyone uh, from from that group because they're just they're just all good people, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the Star Wars fandom is definitely... You know, definitely a home. I think it gets a bad rap sometimes because of people online, but mm -hmm. when you go to that in-person event, you can't even doubt that it's yeah. such a great force. Having been to, what was it, five celebrations now? Anaheim was 15, Orlando was 17, Chicago was 19, and then Anaheim again was 22, so four. So I've been, I've been a four. Um, that online discourse of negativity doesn't exist in that real life space. Mm -hmm. Like it's only on it's only on YouTube to monetize hatred, which works yeah. in every fandom and in every slice of politics and, you know, just life in general. Like hatred's easy to monetize um, and you can really tap into some nonsense with Star Wars. It's very easy to click a YouTube video about like Kathleen Kennedy needs to be fired. Right. Like that's probably the headline for most of them. And then there's like mm -hmm. some something wrapped in like misogyny, racism, homophobia, um, a misunderstanding of the text and, and a lack of understanding as to who the villains and heroes are even <laughs> in the story. Um, it's like sort of a reading comprehension experience. Um, it's a <laughs> A little bit of everything um but like that makes a lot of money but those people mm -hmm. don't show up to star wars celebration because they don't care they don't actually care about yeah. the brand they do care about clicks and money um mm -hmm. it's just star wars is i think ripe for that um yeah. there, there's something about this fandom that uh or not the fandom but like a slice of people who maybe they used to be fans that mm -hmm. they they love they hate clicks just it works mm -hmm. yeah i think it was chicago it was after last jedi came out mm -hmm. um and you know that was a whole thing I don't need yeah. to explain that but you know you get that online and it you know wears you out a little bit but then you go to celebration and there's like Ray and Finn and Rose and Poe everywhere like everyone yeah. dresses them and there's so much love for those characters and that story mm -hmm. everyone had a porg on them and, and it was everyone, like, all the stormtroopers were first order they weren't yeah, classic um like a, everything shifted so mm -hmm. like such a, a breath of fresh air like even like Anaheim last year like Obi-Wan Kenobi came out I got to, I was one of the lucky people that I got to see it like mm -hmm. that night and the big screen and like everyone was like, buzzing about all weekend everybody you know the next day was like oh my god like do you see Kenobi oh my gosh like I love Blight like all this stuff and then you know you get back to the real world and there's people whining on the internet and you're like oh, come yeah. on man I'm 
I'm in the mindset that uh, I like the content I like. I'm, I'll talk about the stuff I like, and if there's something I don't like, I usually just don't talk about it. Um, if I think something is harmful, I think you should confront it, right? That's different. But if there's something you just don't like, love, um, or you don't think is up to the standard, uh, like there's no point of discussing. Like we can have actual discourse about what we think works and doesn't. Like I actually think the volume works really well for Mando, and it didn't work as well for Obi Wan. And that's like a legitimate discussion about like special effects and staging right like there are things in here where it's like okay this worked great for mando and it just didn't work for obi-wan and i think it was actually like quantity of characters on screen mando's usually on his own um and it gives you these broad sweeping visuals but when you have too many people on screen like it just doesn't look the same like it looks like they're on a sound stage um and i was like okay that's a legitimate conversation about special effects but other people are like Obi-Wan was rushed and it was cheap and it was this and I have problems with that. I don't like Reva. And I was like, well, why don't you like Reva? And then they'll give you all the reasons. And it really does like, it's kind of saying nothing, but you hear the misogyny and you hear the racism and it's like, okay, well, it's like, well, do you have a legitimate reason why you don't like this character? Like I'm other than using the phrase Mary Sue, like I, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yep. that, that drives me crazy. Um, and I try to stay away from all that discourse too. If you turn mm -hmm. into Rebels Revisited, the, the most I'll get is like a character ranking and I'll leave off the people I don't like. You know, <laughs> like as negative as we get over there. It's like, I like this a lot. And then there are other things that I'm like, not that into. Um, like I'm kind of not following a lot of the books and that's just because I'm not a great like um, reader on my own. You know, I'm just, I, I'd rather watch the TV. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think the same, you know, I think I've done a pretty good job at curating social media where I don't really see it. The most I'll see is like other people kind of like calling it out, which is good. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you know, it's just, I'm just like, oh, I don't like that block. Like, yeah. so it easy. could be exhausting. It could be exhausting. Mm -hmm. And right, you, I actually tell people like the block button is free. The mute button is free. You, no one is owed your time. Um, and, and and even me, like my my Twitter seems so integrated with work. I'm Darth Von Olin on, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and it is very Star Wars focused. So it does feel a little bit worky. Um, whereas like my Facebook's just very personal. Um, so if people ask me stuff on Twitter, like I will usually reply with the understanding that people are asking me usually as the brand manager of my brand, as opposed to just me. Um, so in that case, like I'm not uh, like a major blocker, you know, yeah. um, but I, I also think that you have to you have to take care of yourself first. You know, mm -hmm. um, you're, you're no one should be abusive and hateful on social media. And if they are, it's just like, let me see that go away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um circling back like a little bit to like rebels and animation um we also have the bad batch season two trailer came out and it looks like we're getting a lot of more clone wars follow-up yes. stuff but um a few possible smaller rebels connections i know we got hera last mm -hmm. season which was huge as well as little baby kanan you um caleb doom in the opening in the first episode yeah, right away voiced by freddie a lot of those i was like you say that sentence out loud and it sounds crazy um so uh that was a surprise hera being in there was a surprise obviously she's with chopper so three of the ghost crew have now um made their debut in bad batch i was actually talking about this last night i think that we'll see sabine and her family because mm -hmm. sabine is going to be such a major player in the ahsoka show that they like planting characters who are like we'll say secondary characters in multiple places so you can find them like mon mothma she's in every she's everywhere right she's in return of the jedi she's in the clone wars she's in rebel she's in andor she's in rogue one like she's not a vader 
But now that she's across all these different places, you can find her and understand who she is. I think they'll do the same with Sabine. Like, I think we'll see her, or at least the rest of the Wrens, maybe Ursa, maybe Tristan, maybe the dad, if he's still there pre-capture, um, on some, you know, where they are on Mandalore, maybe before she joins the Empire. Like, there's any number of ways they could go down that road. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, depending on how much time they jump, because she could still be like a very very little kid which would also just be adorable yeah that would be um, really depending fun. on how much time they jump um i personally i'm a really big zeb fan i think he gets overlooked a lot sadly he does um, and I, yeah. I, I i don't think he'll be in ahsoka but i'm kind of okay with it because i feel like live action zeb might be a little scary personally but maybe they'll do it um but i think getting to explore lasan a little bit um yeah. would be cool so that, that's my like fun that's my little tiny hope for the bad batch is to go that way but we already have a young wookie yeah, there's nothing crazy. stopping us from more interesting hairy aliens mm -hmm. um and that's the guy from clone wars uh the you know, yes gunji gunji yes a little other people seem to be obsessed with him i think i love cool. you know I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think he's cool other people though lost their minds and i was like i love when that happens because my husband's like that with bib fortuna and it's the kind of thing when bib popped into bad batch we were screaming you would have thought we won the super bowl um i was like <laughs> it's bib um and then and other people are like who cares and then uh, other people i was watching this i was like oh that's that bookie kid i think from clone wars and then other people like lost their mind on twitter for, i yeah. i was very lucky to be in the panel for the bad batch celebration and i mm very loudly like like full shriek like you would have thought someone <laughs> stabbed me that's like, awesome scream. and like half the auditorium screamed too like i yeah. wasn't alone uh and it was great um yeah a lot to look forward to in the bad batch uh, i'm very excited for you know like men of season three and ahsoka obviously but um animation still has my heart in a lot of ways mm -hmm. um hoping to see them i i have a feeling we're gonna see ahsoka um and if it's animated possibly, it'll yeah. probably be ashley um so i think yep. it'd be very cool to get some ashley ahsoka and rosario ahsoka in the same time frame and oh yeah see, that would see be them the sharing yeah. seeing them sharing that character yeah um, we're seeing lovely. it in real life now i'm sure, Wait, I'm sure i saw you've that seen picture them. of them yeah, yeah. That's a good thing, um, because I know there was some discourse about how there was conflict there, which I think is nonsense, but mm -hmm. very smart to have that photo up of the two of them being like, hey, guys, check us both out at this convention and we're both signing stuff. Like, please, like, that's a good signal. I'm I'm all for it. Like, whether it's staged or not, um, like, this is a good thing. Um, and by the way, I don't think it is. Ashley doesn't play that. Like, I think that uh, Ashley and Rosario are both reasonable people um and understanding of like what's happening with this character and by the way it'll live on past rosario there'll be another woman who does this voice 20 years from now or something um or however because the franchise is just going to keep going um yeah there how many people have done leia now it's got to be seven or eight actresses that have done her voice whether it's video games or um uh, various animated projects like forces of destiny she's been in resistance like it was it was carrie obviously who carried that character for years and years and years and years but in alternative content like we had um julie dolan um uh, we had um oh my god i'm blanking on literally it was shelby young um cat Tabor at one point um anna graves like there's a bunch of them who have done leia um same thing with han solo uh every character is going to have multiple holders there are like nine boba fett's 
So um, I think people just have to get used to that. You think how many uh, Vader slash Anakins we have? Like so many Vader Anakins, um, and and who really gets credit, right? Like how many people really did it in Rogue One? There's maybe four. We know two are in the credits, um, and other people are maybe not credited. It's like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. So even uh, Din Djarin has like four. I think. Yeah, there are four Mandos. We got Pedro. We got Latif. We've got um, Brendan Wayne, and there's yet another stunt guy whose name I'm blanking on. So um, and by the way, there. They're all so different height-wise. It blows my mind. I was like, Brendan Wayne is like a foot taller than Pedro Pascal. It is crazy. Really? They're That's so different so in height. You gotta, you gotta find the, I, here's the thing. I don't know if Lucasfilm lets them stand near each other, uh, but they, you gotta look them up their measurements. Maybe it's really I not never that know. Bad, but, I would never yeah. have, I would never have noticed that. Yeah, you're never, you, you never will. Yeah. yeah it's excellent that's that's going back to what i was saying earlier about like the Man mando really works like that cinematography in mando is tremendous um and you would never know that it's different people in those suits um and you know it, it's all held together perfectly and there's at least four different guys who are in that suit right um with a different guy doing the voice disconnected from the suit and yet it feels so seamless it's the same thing with baby yoda grogu is an amazing puppet it's a puppet with like the tiniest bit of cg and it looks so real like it you really think that that's happening like it's mind-blowing how good those effects are yeah i i've even seen like behind the scenes videos and i can see the people operating the puppet mm -hmm. and it still doesn't register that's what they're doing we're tricked like, we're fully tricked as an audience that's that's baby yoda that's just baby yeah. yoda doing his thing like yeah yeah it's it's remarkable how much um i mean industrial light and magic but really star wars has, has pushed the envelope on so many things oh yeah um special effects wouldn't be where they are without george lucas lucasfilm ilm um everything that they've done over the last 40, 50 years. It's incredible. Um, I'm looking at Avatar, um, Avatar 2, Way of Water, right? Like it's coming out pretty soon. Like James Cameron is standing on his shoulders. Um, you know, mocap um, because of everything Andy Serkis did. Uh, you know, things have been, and these are storytelling tools, right? Like I'm also perfectly fine watching a movie that is done fully practically, um, you know, sci-fi with terrible effects. Like I always joke about Doctor Who. Like Doctor Who looks pretty cheap. I love Doctor Who. I love everything about it. You know you're standing on a set at like the BBC Studios. Uh, nothing about it looks convincing, and I am fine with that. I just it is awesome. I'm all in. Um, so you don't need that to um, to tell a great story if the story's good. Uh, Star Wars also really has a great story um, in almost every iteration of it. So uh, the special effects then just like help it go that much further. Um, and I think uh, they won a bunch of Saturn Awards recently for some of their special mm -hmm. effects. I think it was Obi Wan. That one, yeah, right? they. I think so. They regularly win. Yeah, um, I can't imagine who's, who's gonna beat them. Yeah, <laughs> even like it's like the only I think other big contender is like Marvel stuff, which is also mostly ILM. Yeah, like they're ILM. fighting each other. Um, yeah, well, now that everything's under the Disney umbrella, and I'm a big Marvel fan myself. Like I read comics as a kid, but like nowhere, no, nowhere near to like mm -hmm. the, when people say they're like big comic fans, they mean they go really deep. I was pretty broad. Like I like the X-Men and I sort of mm -hmm. stuck with that. Um, and now we've got all these movies and all of these shows and I'm watching was, all of them. It's overwhelming, <laughs> but I love a lot. it. Yeah. I was watching, I was actually watching Hawkeye today. Cause it's like, Oh, it's Christmas. going to watch Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, that's great. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's a good holiday rewatch. Yeah. It's I, I watched the first five today. I'll probably watch. Oh, that's a lot. Last <laughs> night. It was, you know, day off. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, I think it's remarkable how much of an impact stars has had on on people, on on the industry, on really like on the on the world. You can find Star Wars references or you know something related to Star Wars pretty much anywhere in the world. Yeah, um, it's hit the pop culture in an unprecedented way. Um, like people like Luke, I am your father is like this thing that people just scream. Um, you know, it's it's weird. Um, you know, <laughs> use the force. Um, it is it is a thing that has bled in, and I don't know how many more pop culture or big franchises are going to hit the pop culture in the same way, especially as now um, media has gotten so sliced. Like there are so many shows on and we're all watching different things and we all can't keep up. Like I just finished Wednesday, which I thought was spectacular, but there isn't like the following morning discourse at the water cooler. Like I go to work and it's like, did you binge Wednesday? And like one coworker is watching the first six and I'm on episode one and someone else is starting during Christmas break. And it's like, there isn't this moment where we can all get together and be like, did you watch the first episode of Wednesday? What did you think? Like, that's missing right now mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the ways why one of the reasons that brands um, or franchises don't hang in as long like you don't have that weekly beat um they were doing it with marvel though for a while um and i remember at the wandavision the peak of it um you know that was crazy every week like going online and be like what the hell is going on with wandavision <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do, that's why i do like um star wars doing uh, the weekly releases and Marvel's also doing it. I think that's better because that's the thing like, yeah, like you said, like with Netflix, there's a lot of shows on Netflix I really like, but it's like, I almost kind of dread the release of a new season because I'm like, all right, I got to watch this as fast as I can or someone's going to yeah. spoil it for me. It's um, like, I have work. Um, so if you're releasing on a Thursday or something, I got to right, wait till it's Saturday. Always, it's always yeah. like a Wednesday or a Thursday. Yeah, uh, and then you can find spoilers by mistake. I was trying to not get spoiled for Stranger Things season four or whatever. And then there's already stuff on Twitter. Like 10 minutes later, I was like, did you skip to the end? It's not even <laughs> physically possible for you to have watched all this stuff. Like, uh, you know, did you time travel to the end? Like, yeah. I guess you did. Um, but like, that's the kind of stuff where it's so hard to be engaged if you don't want to be spoiled. Um, and then you sort of miss out on some discourse, but like... Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, and there, no one has time to watch all of the pop culture right now. So I always try to like pick my, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up on all things Star Wars. So if something comes out, I watch a day of. That's my only rule. Marvel, I was like, as long as I watch it in the first week, because I do want to watch the screen crush wrap around and the new rock stars. You know, I like their breakdowns um, and I want to be current on those. Uh, they're also a licensee of ours. So I like to stay fresh on that content, but everything else can wait. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm, I did do Wednesday right away though. Once I heard how good it was and I was like, oh man, like this is great. This has to be rewatched. So I'm going to do that during Christmas break. I think. Yeah. Christmas break is always my watching. However it was, now I work at an amusement park. So I work a lot of right at the, the, the day after Christmas. It's like a solid week. Mm -hmm. It's like just very long hours, but right now I'm only weekends. So I've been watching. So you have some time. So that's good. Yeah. Rewatch Hawkeye today. I'll probably watch. Wednesday next my sister's been asking me to watch it um yeah there's a lot a lot of stuff like you said like Star Wars is always always takes priority um and Marvel pretty close second yeah um yeah so I'm, we have a lot of good Star Wars coming in the next year there's oh man there's a lot <laughs> there's <laughs> Jedi Survivor bad batch a lot of i know you said you don't keep up with books and comics i read mm -hmm. there's a lot of books and comics coming next year because i read those oh yeah the high republic is in full swing there's a whole other phase yes. right 
yes yeah. we're in phase two now yeah. um then accolade i think was 2023 yeah. and that i'm very excited for that mostly because i'm very looking forward to high republic gaining more of an audience because mm-hmm. the books are so good and it's such an interesting era and i'm very excited to see how like more people get into it yeah i want to be outside of the luke skywalker time period yeah and by by skywalker i mean like prequels to new trilogy like Mm -hmm. that that 75 years like run take me anywhere else not that andor (laughs) isn't my favorite thing in the world right i love Andor. it's like so close in on like the new hope time period it's Mm -hmm. so good but it's also very different in terms of tone and everything else but i would love to just go to a whole new time period Mm -hmm. and place and all new characters that'd be great I'm very excited. I always, I, cause I know so, it's, some people get very weird and they're like, oh, like, I don't want, you know, I don't want more people to get into this thing I like. I'm like, that's all I want. I want more people to talk about yeah, this stuff. Agreed. So I'm excited for Accolade. We're getting Ahsoka, obviously, this coming year. Mandalorian season three, I think. That's, oh, Skeleton Crew is supposed to come out in 2023. Yeah, I know so little about that show. Um, they, like, kind of dropped it by surprise, just announced it. Yeah. it celebration and then it. <laughs> yeah i know nothing filming yeah. um, right now i think i um, i looked at the calendar just the other day because we were getting ready for our monday show and it was uh the new year really kicks off with bad batch so it's like mm-hmm. january 4th or whatever it is right whatever that first wednesday yeah. is and it's gonna run through march so there'll be a little bit of overlap because mando season three starts on march 1st so it's like okay we get like basically eight weeks of bad batch uninterrupted um i forget how many episodes are total but it's almost 20 i think or around 20 um and then mando's only eight episodes um we get the jedi survivor game also in march so right at the same time that mando is on so that's again overlapping content um and then celebration happens And then uh, Ahsoka, I thought, was supposed to be July or August. So we might get a little bit of a break from, like, celebration to Ahsoka. Um, but, yeah, that then you need to find room for Skeleton Crew or Acolyte. I thought Acolyte was going to be 2024, but I could be mistaken. Be right. um, there's so much. I know much. Acolyte and Skeleton Crew, I think they're both filming right now. Yeah, um, which so... they probably need time because Andor Season 2 is not coming until 2024, yeah. I don't Andor think. Andor Season 2 also yeah. just started filming and they, they've got a couple years, which... Yeah, uh... so long. I thought it was so fantastic and it's so disappointing that like COVID messed up all the schedules because mm-hmm. I really wanted five seasons of Andor. Like, yeah. I, like, especially after now having seen what they achieved in that first season, the type of stories they were able to tell to make it so different from everything we've ever seen mm-hmm. and yet feels so real and almost like points that it's like how mundane evil can be. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh my God, they have PowerPoint presentations about how they're going to strip us of our rights. <laughs> this is too real. Yeah. Um, like I loved everything about it. Yeah. Ander was so fantastic. I was so blown away because I, I was excited for it because I was like, oh, like I like Rebellion stuff. Like I love Rebels, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, Rebe- like exploring the Rebellion will be cool. I'm excited to spend some time with Mon Mothma. I really like yes. Cassian and Rogue One. Rogue One, I think, is my favorite Star Wars movie. So I've, I really like Cassian. I was excited to see more of him. But the show just completely blew me away. And it was, I was very lucky to go, get to go to the premiere with the Mandalorian Mercs of Andor in LA. Oh. Um, so I got to see the first three episodes like a week or two early. And That's I was amazing. just like, I was just like buzzing, like to talk about it with anyone. And I couldn't. I was mm-hmm. like, oh man. And everyone's like, what do you think? I was like, you just, just wait. Like, it's going to be 
so good. Just blew me away. So I'm very excited for season two. Sad we won't get a little more, but hopefully we'll get more like it in the future for sure. Yeah, I would like to stay in this very adult space. Um, one that also isn't like highly merchandisable. Like I was telling someone like, you know, baby Yoda merch and um, Funko Pops and this and that make a lot of sense for the Mandalorian and, you know, all, all, all the merch, right? Like every consumer package good category that you can find would make sense with Mandalorian, even though it is adult storytelling, because you're still dealing with like weird aliens and bounty hunters and like silly creatures and all sorts of interesting stuff. Whereas like Andor is like literally people sitting at desks, like pushing buttons. And it's like, I don't really need a Funko Pop of Deirdre Mira, although I would kind of love that. Um, But they really stuck close in. They were like, okay, we're going to do some black series figures, but like, they didn't even release a Lego of like the the one new ship, right? Like there's mm-hmm. there's no Lego for this one. There's no children's books. Like there's there's a lot of categories that are not included in Andor because it's really just about the story and nothing else. And I would love to see like one show a year that just does that. That's all story, no merch. And by the way, I work in consumer products. That's merch. Like so, <laughs> so and I'm saying that actively as someone part of like you know um, responsible for revenue for the consumer products department. Um, but I think that something like Andor like I can kind of monetize it in the high-end space with like the uniforms right like those imperial officer uniforms like there's one that's slightly different or you know but truly I I really don't need like a lineup of the Funko Pops you know um that's not really what the show is about it's it's more of a case study in fighting fascism absolutely yeah I think you know and I the thing the beauty about Star Wars is that it's so versatile so we can get like shows like you know we can get like shows like the mandalorian or boba fett or rebels or clone wars and we could also get andor and it's crazy because i think because the most apt comparison i found is someone connected a lot of the themes of andor to resistance and when you think about it resistance and andor is so much more in common than andor has with most of the other shows and they're so different still it's everyday citizens up against a tyrannical, um, gigantic army that they have no chance of beating. Um, yeah, and and their their rights are being squashed repeatedly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the the crew on resistance. By the way, I, I had several of those signers at Celebration 2019 because that was new. I, um, so I like Christopher met, Sean was um, there. And, um, yeah, who'd you meet? Uh, Tam. Oh, what's her name? Blank on her name. Tam Ravoras. Oh my God, I'm Susie terrible. Susie, is it Susie McGrath? Susie McGrath. Yeah. She was total sweetheart. And she was And Myrna Velasco felt, plays the yes. other uh, main woman whose name I'm blanking on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um I yeah, I because I it was actually funny. I had I was Justin Sabine, but I had a like a Gorg plushie because I just come from the celebration store where they're selling Gorg plushies. So I had a Gorg with me and Christopher I while I was in line, Christopher Sean was sitting at his table and he points at the Gorg and was like talking to me a little bit. It was very funny. He's very nice. Um yeah. and he, he had a great celebration. Um, yeah, that show, I was surprised that we only got two seasons. I thought mm-hmm. it was supposed to be three. I think part of it is that it was made for like really little kids and it probably didn't work because Disney XD was it didn't know what to do with the show. Kind of like how they didn't know what to do with Rebels, um, but Rebels brought in a more adult audience. Uh, Resistance didn't bring in the kids or the adults, I don't think. Um, I think that's what, ha- that's what happened. Yeah. I think Resistance also suffered from kind of being one of the shows during the like death knell of the disney xd app like disney plus was like about to launch yeah and the disney xd i personally 
had a lot of issues with the Disney XD app the whole way through Rebels. Um, but I felt like towards Resistance, it was really just the app was a pain most of the time. Yeah. Um, I still can't forgive it. There was in the one episode where there's the the girl that turns out to be a traitor. At the there's like that one alien girl in season two, and she like she's hangs out with the crew, and at the end of the episode, it turns out she was a traitor working with the First Order. And the thumbnail on Disney XD for that episode was her talking to uh, General Pyre or Commander oh, Pyre. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Hologram. So like, she shows up in the beginning. I'm like, well, I know how this is going to go. <laughs> right. It's like a uh, wrong JPEG <laughs> or wrong yeah. thumbnail. Um, yeah. I, I was sad to see Resistance not mm-hmm. live up to the expectations that like we had from Rebels, right? Like I thought Rebels um, got better every season and really stuck the landing and went out with like such dignity and grace and really, uh, elevated storytelling uh, um and then resistance just didn't deliver um uh, for the audiences and it, se- it seems forgotten right like if you think about all the streams of content uh resistance is being overlooked at the moment which is sad uh i would say there's always going to be something that lands in last place though people used to do those rankings of like rank your nine you know back when we only had nine movies um or i guess it wasn't really the case it was really we had the six um and then the, the five came out after that, but like people were going the one through nine and ranking around. There's always going to be something in last place. It doesn't mean I don't like that movie though. Yeah. Like, and for me, it changes. Like I remember very recently talking about how attack of the clones is probably my nine out of the, um, the numbered movies. Um, but it doesn't mean I don't like attack of clones. And in fact, there are some really interesting things happening in that movie. I think there, it's a really interesting dissection of like uh, the falling apart of a democracy in real time and the way that people get manipulated. It's a masterclass in manipulation um, from Palpatine, from Dooku, from even Anakin without him even realizing that he's doing it. Um, Like his descent into the dark side is really interesting. Um, They're just things that people latch onto and it's like, oh, I don't like the feeling of sand. I hate sand, right? So people meme these things um, and it like brings down everyone's like remembering of the movie or people don't like the diner scene. And I'm like, I can, fine. Like I get that. Um, But like the other heavy stuff, like the fight between... Obi-Wan Kenobi and Jango Fett is amazing. Um, so I don't dislike that movie. It's probably just, it's you know, it's never going to be like Return of the Jedi for me, you know, or Empire or Last Jedi, which I love Last Jedi. Um, so those, those discourses, though, can automatically like push something down and make people think that like it's not worth watching. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's easy to do, especially too, because it's like a cartoon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally really love Resistance. Um... And, you know, even though we only got two seasons, I definitely hope those characters can make their appearances once we start exploring more sequel trilogy era content. Yeah. I think they've been letting Rise of Skywalker kind of be the period for a little while, then eventually I'm sure they'll get back into it. I think that there'll be something coming in that space because all the Lego movies even though they're a little bit anachronistic mm-hmm. are all post rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, so it's the kind of thing where like Ray and Finn, like Finn is clearly training to be a Jedi, at least in the latest one, Ray is a Jedi. Um, it also means at that point, our original three, like the original Holy Trinity of like Luke, Leia and Han are all gone, unfortunately. Um, but that doesn't stop them from time traveling or flashing back or, <laughs> you know, I think Billy D was in charge of like summer vacation. <laughs> so it's like, yes. what's happening here? It's like, <laughs> um you know yeah. orlando yeah so mm-hmm. yeah and that's the nice thing too is like lego can have a lot of fun they can kind of do whatever they want but i think there there there's got to be more content coming in the new trilogy space mm-hmm. i would hope 
yeah my my I personally I think they're I know some people like oh they know they the movies are terrible like they're just I'm like no I think they're just letting because you know the the whole big deal about Rise of Skywalker was like this is like the last one like the last big movie so I think they're letting it rest for a little yeah, bit exactly. letting us letting us sit with that and then going back to those characters that's my take anyway I don't know anything but <laughs> Well, I think um, one of the things that that working that's working really well for Star Wars is everything in the Mandalorian time period. So that Age mm-hmm. of the New Republic, um, things seem to be uh, working well. Like Mando season one, gigantic hit. Mando season two, equally good. The, the build up for Mando season three, people are super excited about. Um, and now they've got the Ahsoka show landing in that space um, and Book of Boba Fett's in that space. So it's the kind of thing where they've formed like their own little like ecosystem in that in-between time period of six and seven. I'm calling it 6.5. Um, but like that zone is actually like a nice amount of space. Like there's a good 30 years between six and seven. So we've got space to play. And I think you keep exploring that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and any of those people could eventually make it to the new trilogy time period or even go post nine, um, you know, kind of like how Ezra is going from post 3.5 into now this space 6.5, right? We know we're pulling him in, um, even though he didn't really, he wasn't in four, five, six, um, obviously, and neither was Ahsoka, but they will, they will jump. They will make the jump to warp, <laughs> to, to warp um, or to light speed uh, straight over into this new time period, which is going to be very exciting. Yeah, um, I'm I'm very excited to see what they do with these characters, and especially, and again, as someone who reads the books, there are a lot of books in that 30-year time period, and a lot of them have some really, I'm a big fan of the politics of Star Wars. I know some people hear that and want to go to sleep. Oh, I, I love really it. love, I love the council meetings, the, like, Senate mm-hmm. hearing, like, I love it, and there's a lot of that kind of stuff that's very interesting in that 30-year period, book-wise, there's a really good Leia book that, like, really details it, Um. So I'm and some great Mon Mothma content in there. Yes, yeah. Mon Mothma's in this too. Yeah, and there's a lot interesting that I would love to see brought to life on screen for a wider audience. Um, <sighs> you know, especially we were talking about like having an Andor like show. I think an Andor like show with like the forming of the New Republic would be super interesting. Yeah, well, Mon Mothma becomes the president. We get um, more <laughs> yeah and uh so did you notice this in andor and someone else pointed this out the tree that's in her apartment is the same type of tree she, you know her apartment has that weird tree yeah. structure it's so i guess after operation cinder fails and the empire has to finally surrender masamita surrenders the empire to mon mothma it's in one of the books i think you must have read it um mm-hmm. and they she does he does he surrenders the empire on Chandrilla under the tree. That same tree is in her apartment, not the exact same tree, mm-hmm. but that same type of the tree. Kind of tree yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, you have her and you have the tree. <laughs> Film the scene. Like give it a flash <laughs> forward. Like, you know, give us a coda with that. Um, because mm-hmm. I think that's something that like that's a huge moment. Like we don't know that the, like most people probably don't know that the Empire ends not with Luke Skywalker blowing up the Death Star, really, but like Masamita, who's like, you know, a secondary character from the prequels, surrendering it to Mon Mothma, who's in 90 seconds of Return of the Jedi under a tree on a planet you would otherwise never heard of, right? Like that moment needs to be bigger and to a wider audience. And if it's only in a book, only in a book, right? Like, and it's not in a streaming show or in a movie, it misses the broadest possible audience. So if we can do that, and maybe that's what heads into that time period. I could see them taking Genevieve and like aging her up a little and being like, I'll put a little gray in your hair. 
you know, we'll pull back on some of the makeup and done. You're ready to go for like, you know, new Republic era. Like she can go be our president. It'd be amazing if like Mando and everyone ran into her. We know she's alive. Um, we have mm-hmm. all this content to prove it. So um, she's terrific in that role, by the way. Like keep putting Genevieve and stuff. Like I just, yeah. we're into everything the same way we're doing with Ahsoka. It's so remarkable how like almost how lucky they are. Like she was originally cast for a, a basically background appearance in a scene of Revenge of the Sith that got cut. Like yeah. um, not that she didn't like earn the role or anything, but I doubt it was a very intensive casting process. They were like, probably more for looks. Yeah, and then they end she really up. Does look you know, like bring her in, It's amazing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and then they bring her into Rogue One, and then more so in Andor, she gets to reprise this role that got cut, and she's uh, so phenomenal. She's a it. force. She's that scene in the Senate when she's like talking about it being a temple, and everyone's booing her. I was livid at. The, I was like, "Who is booing at my mom, Mothma?" You don't even know. <laughs> like, I I was like, "I'm gonna fly to Coruscant and punch some people." I, I I don't know how like the and the, the choices this lady has to make like on and that that terrible husband oh my god um I love that she's setting him up though the mm-hmm. fact that like the money's missing and she knows the driver is mm-hmm. a spy and it's like you and you're gambling I was like oh he's gonna go die in prison um and we're, and we're all cheering we're all clapping I love everything about that everything she's been doing this whole season I think she's the MVP of the season her and Deidre mm-hmm. like which by the way if yeah. they ever team up we're all in trouble. Uh, I know they're on opposite sides, but if they ever find common ground and align on something, they could run the galaxy. Absolutely, yeah. I think, I think it, honestly, the entire cast of Andor was such a, such a powerhouse. Truly, like everybody. I know Diego Luna is now the second actor nominated for a Star Wars role for an award. I think he was nominated for a Golden Globe. I want to say. Yep, that came out yesterday. Yep. Very deserved. Everyone all the monologues like everything everyone did phenomenal and i'm very excited to see all of them or most of them i think we we lost a few like porkino loy yeah um i I hope i mean here's the thing he didn't i was saying this we didn't see him we didn't see him die and you know in star wars in star wars even if you see him die it doesn't always yeah yeah, it doesn't always matter poor one out for darth maul um but yeah he porkino loy by the way how great was andy circus um absolutely Someone could have helped him. At the same time, though, I technically can swim, but I don't think I could swim in an ocean and survive that drop and make it all the way to shore and not drown. So I think a lot of those people died. And we don't really want to talk about that. But you had to make a chance. Like, isn't the purpose of the show? It's so funny. I said this weeks ago on my show. The purpose of Andor is to try which is such a disconnect from Yoda saying like, do or do not, there is no try. In Andor, it's all about trying and this like little bit of progress. Like Kino Loy helped everyone escape, even though he really couldn't. And he's like, I'm sure he jumped and tried to swim and probably drowned. Um, But like he and everyone else had to make that attempt because it's that or you die in that prison. Um, So like effort was really necessary and taking a chance. Absolutely. I think it's very connected to what Jin says in Rogue One she says mm-hmm. like we take the next chance and the next until our chances are spent it's very much like one of the one of the many themes of Andor and oh, I'm very no, no. excited for season two as we get closer to actual Rogue One time how much further that these stories get tied yeah. together and who some of the guests might be I don't think we're going to get the cameo explosions like Mando and whatnot but Mm -hmm. I think we're going to run into a couple familiar faces certainly a Bail Organa you know Mm -hmm. I think I think sometimes I think you know 
people are very often very quick to call things like oh like oh it's like a fan service it's a cameo but sometimes i think things are a natural result of sharing a universe so like an yeah. andor like it'd be very natural to see like a bail organa even you know like casting the fulcrum agent even seeing like callus or yeah. possibly even ahsoka or um like you know hera you know when they're on yavin like yeah any of the fulcrum so hera bail and ahsoka all make perfect sense because he because andor i actually thought that they were going to call the show fulcrum um and then it would have given us a lot of leeway to play with all of those people as co-leads um because you know andor is what the third build person in rogue one they actually just did an honest trailer about this the other day <laughs> and it was like if you remember who was the third spot in rogue one um you know the first standalone movie from lucasfilm we've got a show about him that no one asked for was, um, but then i was like the by the way it's great <laughs> um i think they were saying ben mendelson is really second oh uh, that's um, probably yeah. it's probably true yeah, I was like, because he's the lead villain. She's the lead hero. Yeah. He's the lead villain. Andor is the secondary. He's like the male lead, right? Like the mm-hmm. um, under. under. Um, which and here's the thing. I think he's actually like. A, yeah, I think he has as much screen time as Felicity, um, and mm-hmm. is certainly the connectivity to the rebellion. And if you were going to pick a character from that group to follow beforehand, I'd rather spend time with him than anyone else from that stack. Truly, mm-hmm. um, like he's super interesting and proven by this first season. I was blown away by the stories they gave us and I got nothing right. My predictions, all the things I thought <laughs> going in, I didn't get any of it right. And I was pleasantly surprised the entire time. Everything they gave us was tremendous and it was nothing what I expected. And I think that's good storytelling. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's. I know you said you don't read, but if you're you know, an audiobook on your way to work kind of person, um, there's a book called Rebel Rising. It's relatively short. It's Jin's story before... Rogue One, and it's there's a lot of nice connections to Cassian from what we see in Andor and see. Nice. The- there's so many of them, and I started back when I was first at Tops, and I watched, I read like the first Journey to the Force Awakens books, and then before you mm-hmm. know it, there were a hundred of them, and you know what happens? You buy a there's book. There's so many. It sits on the shelf, and before you know it, you're collecting books, but you're not reading them. Mm-hmm. And the books I would read, though, are like the source books or the art of, like I have the Art of Rebels, which is like the big, you know, the monster of like all four seasons, the Art of Rebels book, and it is a behemoth, and that's almost like uh, um, an encyclopedia, and you just flip through and you use it as like a reference book um, every now and then. So you keep coming back to that. Um, but yeah, the stories, I'll usually just like read them real quick on the Wikipedia, which is not not great. I'm not recommending anyone does that, <laughs> if anyone's listening. Uh, support your author authors. Um, I do love the Ahsoka book. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that there'll be more stories with Ahsoka. Not that we're not getting enough of her on TV. Um, There's never enough. Else. Yeah, never enough. It's okay. I agree. Some and people say rebels. we're getting too much. There's never enough. <laughs> There's no such thing. And my feeling is like, you don't have to keep up with everything. Um, mm-hmm. As proven by me, like I'm not keeping up at all with the High Republic, but I hear it's great. And there will come a point where I'll probably watch the Acolyte and then I'll need to go back and learn about these mm-hmm. characters, um, which is fine. Like, I, I don't mind there being more content than I can currently absorb, because uh, if it's out there, I can always go get it at another time. Yeah. And, and I mean, for me, like I'm, I'm, the only books I haven't read are the ones that were released like a week or two ago. Um, I'm up on all the books, but I am hopelessly behind on comics. I read the yeah. Canaan comics and that's pretty much <laughs> it. Um, I think I read a little bit of the Chewy ones when they came out. I liked um, the first run of Dr. Afra. 
we're we were reading that at work um and with when i was at tops um and and the first the one that was just star wars i remember when star wars one came out in the end of 2014 or the beginning of 2015 i want to say it was like right at the end of 2014 um under now like marvel and lucas and whatnot um because we actually advertised in in that run of the comic i think in like you know six months later or whatever it was um it was that was it was good but like you can't keep up there was like there was a leia book and a lando book and a han book and i was like well who's in the mainline book if all of these people <laughs> have their own comic like it was very that <laughs> there's there's so many um i haven't read the afro ones but i they did adapt the first batch of them or maybe her first appearance in our theater into an audio drama Ooh. um with like a full cast and everything excellent excellent. how did i not hear about that huh i'll have to go check that out and it's narrated by afra it's herself it's like afra recording like sort of how lando does the lando chronicles the carizzi chronicles yes yeah it's a bit like afra kind of telling her own story it shows so much of her personality um you know you had to hear the voices of triple zero and everyone oh interesting amazing audio drama definitely all right i gotta check that out (laughs) thank you for the recommendation yeah very good um, well, I think, you know, it's been a little bit of a while. I'm sure you have to work tomorrow, so I won't take too much more of your time. But thank you so much for talking to me. It was such a, of course. Such a pleasure. Yeah, it was great um, meeting you in, well, I'll say in real life. But um, <laughs> we have met in real life, but this is the first time we had a real, like, like long-form conversation, which yeah. is wonderful. It was very, very lovely to talk to you. Um, do you have any, like, plugs or anything to share with listeners if they want to find you or... Yeah, you know, plug any Denuo Nova thing if you oh, have yeah. to. Oh boy! So being a licensee, I gotta plug the brand, right? Uh, visit mm-hmm. us at uh, on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Denuo Novo. That's D E N U O N O V O. Denuo Novo. We are the officially licensed high-end Star Wars costumes and collectibles. We do a lot of great helmets and we have a lot of great costume pieces. We're actually running a sale right now, um, 15% off on costumes and 10% off uh, the rest of the site um, and with free domestic shipping and 50% off international shipping. So great time to buy if you're looking for Christmas gifts. We are high-end, so uh, don't be surprised when you see uh, you know, a $700 helmet up on the site, uh, but it, everything is on sale right now. We've got a, quite the selection, over 50 items to choose from from across the saga, um, including the Sabine helmet, uh, you and I were, were talking about you probably saw it celebration yeah um, I I think we have one we have one coming in the mail at some point soon, yes. so. um, <laughs> very soon we're oh, we're still working on uh, there are definitely some things that are hitting us with supply chain and timing where like almost all of our pre-orders are in and a few are like it's like where is the boat <laughs> so it's <laughs> yeah. like literally being like where's the container um but yeah we're nearing the end of the year which is very exciting and we're getting ready for 2023 um so yeah so you can follow at Duo novo to get all of that and if you want to connect with me i'm at darth von olin on uh instagram um and still on twitter at least temporarily i'm part of the virtual cantina network so you can find that facebook page um it's actually labeled uh, star wars celebration europe 2023 um their youtube is youtube.com slash the virtual cantina and that's where you'll find my show star wars rebels revisited i'm live every monday night at 9 p.m um, we go live on the Facebook um, and port to YouTube and we talk, we watch an episode and we talk for about an hour about Rebels. So if you love Rebels, come on by. Um, it's a very like um, in-depth conversation about the action of the episode and mostly how it ties to the other parts of the saga. Yeah, and I'll just do the Star Wars Geek Girl. So on Twitter and Instagram, we're at SW Geek Girl. We have the website, StarWarsGeekGirl.com. I haven't been kept, keeping up with this as much just because I was like I was graduating, so I had a lot of a lot of work to do, a lot of things going on. But I'm 
hoping in the holidays to get back up on it more. I do like just like weekly blogs about random things in Star Wars, um, book reviews um, until I run out of books to read, um, all sorts of things. Um, I think that's it. Yes. Um, I'm going to have to read your book reviews while I'm waiting to read the book. Um, that'll be my starting point. And by the way, congrats on your graduation. That's very Thank exciting. Thank you. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm working. I graduated in film, so hoping to work on Star Wars, get there someday. Um, nice. It's a, yeah. great to know what you want to do at such a young age. Um, <laughs> and you got your whole life ahead of you. It's awesome. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited. I thought I'd be scared, but I'm mostly just excited, which is good. Yeah. Well, fear leads yeah. to anger. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a sure. very, it's, it is, a, I get it though. I remember, I remember graduating college 20 years, my 20 year anniversary is next year. Uh, 20 year reunion is next year. So ugh, graduated in 03. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I did a year in government. Um, and then I found my way to Nielsen and then worked in CPG and then got to licensed product, which is entertainment adjacent, but I was always a lifelong geek. So I always tell people like, if you have a passion and you know, like, see if you can work in that space. I wasn't thinking about this 20 years ago, like being on YouTube, obviously there wasn't YouTube, but like being um, engaged in fandoms in any way, shape or form. Um, but we need the arts more than ever. Um, even as HBO is taking down content daily i don't know what the, i don't know what the hell they canceled today westworld and whatever else like don't let that deter you like the arts are critical and necessary um we we consume art every day um we need art um as a society so um please continue to make art yeah well thank you again so much for being on the show to all the listeners thank you for listening uh, may the first star wars geek girls they're geek girls that like star wars sometimes cry.